0: Good morning friends and welcome to Selsden Baptist Church at home. We hope you're all safe and well during this crazy time.
1: So whether you're joining us for the very first time this morning or you've been part of our church for years, you are all so welcome as part of this one church family.
0: After every service we have a meeting on Zoom which we call the foyer, where you can bring a cup of coffee, meet new friends, chat about our weeks and also discuss the sermon which Martin is going to bring to us today. Anything else from UK?
1: I think that's everything.
0: All right, time to get comfy. It's time for SBC News.
2: Hello,
1: and welcome to this week's SBC News. I'm Katie.
0: And I'm David.
1: If you're a follower of Jesus who has been attending SBC for a while and you think of us as your church family, can we invite you to consider the possibility of church membership? If you would like to explore this further, please speak with Trevor, Denzel or Martin or any of our deacons.
0: Sunday Youth Meetup has started. We are now meeting at the church from 6pm until 7.30pm. Martin is also starting the wellbeing course on Tuesday from 6.30pm until 8pm. Please see Martin for further details on both of these events.
1: Have you been wondering what's been happening with Online Alpha since we started this about five weeks ago? Here is a short update from Denzel.
3: Hello wonderful boys and sisters, souls and Baptist Church. Um, I just wanted to give a quick update about Alpha Online which we've been running for the past um, five weeks. Um, We've had different people from different locations, some from more local um, to where we are and others who are quite further up in London. Um, But we're discovering some really good questions, um, really interesting insights. But I do want to ask for your prayers um, as um, Zoom online has been quite difficult trying to engage with people. Um, But so far, so good. Uh, Week five, um, we're praying and trying to develop um, how the Holy Spirit Day is going to run, which we're quite excited about. Um, but keep praying for us. Alpha is running really well. We have a wonderful team: um, Simon, uh, Mark, and myself. So yeah, please we ask for your prayers that we have some good interactions from some of the people and some committed people um, as well. Thank you. Bye.
0: Due to the COVID-19 lockdown, the Great Big British Spring Clean was cancelled and is now being kept and is now being held as Keep Britain Tidy, Great British September Clean instead. Jacqueline would like to organise a litter pick in Selznon on Saturday the 26th of September. We will be meeting at the church at 10.30am. The council will provide sanitiser, equipment and will be working in groups of six and at an appropriate social distance from each other. And you can also wear a mask if you like. I would love to see lots of you joining in as the more people who help, the greater the difference we can make. I would also love to hear of any roads which particularly need cleaning of litter. If you would like to help, please contact Jacqueline so that I know how much equipment to order.
1: Another insight is on the horizon. The deadline for the October issue is Wednesday the 16th of September and the magazine will be distributed by email on Thursday the 24th of September. Please send your contributions to the email on the screen now or call Eleanor at home, details are in the church directory. And regretfully, late articles cannot be included.
0: SBC are on Spotify. Whether you are on the road or at work or doing some revision, you can now listen to the sounds of SBC. You can listen to our services and reflections whenever you want or wherever you are. If you have a voice device, you can listen on that too. Just click follow the podcast on Spotify then ask your device to play Church at Home.
1: And finally, are you the proud owner of some homegrown veg? Or maybe you have managed to grow some wonky veg? Please send your photos to the email on the screen now or via social media and we'll feature them next week.
0: This This has has been been SBC News. News. God God bless. bless!
4: Before we enter into a time of worship let's bring ourselves before god please join me in prayer god who created all we stand here failing and knowing that our greatest need is more of you lord in this time of worship and the week to come i pray we can be your witness that as our voices raise we witness the truth of your promises i pray that we become witnesses of your movement That as we surrender to you our eyes are open to your presence that we encounter your Holy Spirit Lord we surrender to you because you are the Redeemer and through Jesus' blood shed on the cross for us we can be with you in Jesus name Amen
0: it's good to be back together again to worship together as the body of Christ as we sing all to Jesus I surrender my prayer is that we will all surrender all that we have to him knowing that he is our father and he cares for us and he's looking out
2: for us so we can give him everything
0: some time
2: to just
4: Today, I'll be reading from Romans chapter 14, verses 1 to 23.
5: And I'll be reading from Romans 15, verses 1 to 13.
4: <clears throat> the weak and the strong. Accept him whose faith is weak, without passing judgment or disputable matters. One, man, one man's faith allows him to eat everything, but another man, whose faith is weak, eats only vegetables. The man who eats everything must not look down on him who does not, and the man who does not eat everything must not condemn the man that does, for God has accepted him. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To his own master he stands or falls, and he will stand, for the Lord is able to make him stand. One man considers one day more sacred than another. Other man considers every day alike. Each one should be fully considered in in his own mind. He who regards one day as special does so to the Lord. He who eats meat eats to the Lord, for he gives thanks to God. And he who abstains does, who and he who abstains does so to the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives to himself alone, and none of us dies to himself alone. If we live, we live to to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. Whether we are whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. For this very reason, <clears throat> for this very reason, Christ died and returned to his life, so that He might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. You then, why are you judging your brother, or why do you look down on your brother? For we will sit, we will all, sit, we will. All sit, stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, as I, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me, and every tongue will confess to God. So then, each of us will give an account to Him, to of himself to God. Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind and do not put any stumbling blocks. obstacle in the way on your brother's way. As one who is in the Lord Jesus I am fully convinced that no food is unclean in itself but if anyone regards something as unclean for them for then him it is unclean. If your brother is distressed because of the of what you eat you are no longer acting in love. Do not by your brother's eating the story, do not by your eating the story, your brother for whom Christ died. Do not allow what you consider what you consider good to be spoken of, an e- of as evil. For the kingdom of God, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ because everyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and approved by men. Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edific- edification. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All food is clean, but it is wrong for a man to eat anything that causes someone else to stumble. It is better to not eat meat or drink wine or do anything else that will cause your brother to fall. So whether you believe about these things, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is Blessed is the man who does not condemn himself by what he approves. But the man who has doubts is condemned if he eats, because he is eating. His eating is not from faith, and everything he do- that does, not come from
5: his faith, is sin. We are who are we who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak, and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please his neighbour for his good to build him up. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on those who insult on me. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through endurance and encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Christ Jesus, so that with one heart and mouth you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Christ Jesus. Accept one another then just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the Jews on behalf of God's truth to confirm the promises made to the patriarch so that the Gentiles may glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, Therefore I will praise you. Among the Gentiles, I will sing hymns to your name. Again, it says, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and sing praises to him, all you peoples. And again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will spring up, one who, who will arise. To rule over the nations, the Gentiles will hope in him. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit.
6: Good morning all. Uh, my name is Martin. I am uh, the training minister at and Baptist Church. Now I know what you're thinking. How long was that reading? I know, I know. But also, how well did they read it? I'm not sure I would have done such a strong job as they did. Uh, Thank you, Debbie and Will, uh, for doing that. You did really well. Uh, To be honest, I'm not going to have the time to dig around in all of this passage. I think if I was to preach on the whole of this, um, we'd probably go into a couple of days Um, But what I am going to do is bring to light something that I feel God is saying through this passage. Today we have two titles to lead us through. So for those people that take notes, uh, here you go, the two subtitles. Lived Strength and Seen Strength. We're going to be looking at our own strength and what that should mean both theologically and lived and we're going to be looking at scene strength and how this is actually part of our calling. So, let's start with the question. How strong are you? Go on, have a chat, talk to those that are next to you, uh, ponder it if you're uh, still tucked up in bed by yourself. How strong are you? Now, I'm sure some of us, including myself, The chest goes up and we say, yes, we are really strong. Uh, Over the weekend, I moved a bag of sand. I moved some furniture. And also I went for a walk with the family and carried my daughter on my shoulders all by myself. I am pretty strong, I believe. For some others of us, um, they would say I feel really strong. It will say, do you know what? I've had a rough time. I've had a challenging time in my family or my work. I felt under pressure. I felt like I was gonna break, like I was losing, and then I made it through. For some of us, the response will be like, Yeah, I'm really strong. I've got this. I've got the capabilities to do anything I put my mind to. You see, I'm really smart. Give me a problem and I'll solve it. The word strength has lots of connotations. We can look at it in an emotional sense, in a physical sense, or an intellectual sense. Um, But all of these different angles have a similar kind of similarity to them. Um, And it's this. It's that it's always compared to something else or it's always compared to somebody else you know how do you know if you are physically strong if you've never met somebody that's not weak how can you know if you are emotionally strong if you haven't met somebody who's broken how can you claim to be smart if you haven't compared yourself to somebody who struggles In this passage, Paul talks uh, to the people in Rome, the church, the Roman church. Uh, He addresses them as strong and weak. And I'm sure a couple of you, like me, have read this passage. That chest is puffed up again. And when you're reading about the strong, you're going, yeah, that's me. I completely understand how they must feel dealing with all these weak people. But I'm not sure... That's how he's speaking of the strong and the weak. I don't think he's saying that the strong are the winners and the weak are the losers. In the passage we've just read, we hear that Paul is talking about food and he's talking about holy days. Whether it's okay to eat meat and if one day is more holy than the other or whether it should be seven days in the week. With regards to meat, I think he's maybe talking about meat that had been offered in sacrifices to other gods. What these places would do, um, they would kill an animal in a kind of, in different temples as a sacrifice. And then this meat from the temples would be taken to the markets in Rome uh, and would have been sold. I think in fact, more than likely, all of the meat sold in Rome would have been killed in some kind of offering or some kind of sacrifice. So from this information, we can sort of guess that the two groups would have possibly been the majority Jews and Gentiles. The Jews being the weak because they cannot eat meat sacrificed to other gods and Gentiles who um, didn't have any concern at all. Another reason that we, uh, we sort of come to this conclusion is because 1 Corinthians was written about the same time and some scholars believe that when Paul wrote this letter to Rome, he was actually in Corinth. So we have these two groups of Christians. One group, the Jewish Christians, who for generation to generation had lived by the Torah, they had lived a committed faith to the rules set out in their Bible and their faith. They knew the scriptures. And more importantly, they had seen that Jesus is a fulfilment of that scripture, of that faith. These Jewish people have a history. They have a family tradition which is encouraged in their lifestyle. They lived in a way that has caused them to stand apart from the rest of the world. I mean, just look in the Old Testament. We have heroes such as Daniel, who stood for what he believed in to be right. We have have Joseph, who, after rejection and trials, moves to a place of honour and, well, saves thousands of people. These people, these Jews, were considered the weak in Paul's letter. The Gentiles the new to faith who would have had very little history in their faith or in their tradition they would possibly have known nothing of God or Yahweh before becoming a Christian but they had a full commitment to know Jesus and to know God and to get to know him more these people were the strong Now, I'm not completely sure it's as clear-cut as, as Jews and Gentiles, but I think the majority would have been that. How does Paul address this? He has two groups, both on different sides, both looking at each other with dismay, with frustration, with just, why can they not understand what we're saying? thing is, does Paul pick a side? Does he encourage one group and create the other? He doesn't, does he? Let's reread 20, verse 23. It says, But the man who has doubt is condemned if he eats, because he is not eating from faith. Everything that does not come from faith is sin. Do you see what Paul's saying? He's saying if your decision is from faith, from the spirit, from your theology, go for it. Don't just do something because those around you are. A guy called Scott McKnight um, calls this lived theology. It's bringing our understanding of faith and life together. Is choosing to consider everything a theological choice? Maybe I've gone a bit too deep. Does that make sense? I'm asking the question nobody can nod. So I'll tell you what, here's an example. Before I came to Sunny Croydon, um, I can remember coming home from church one Sunday. Um, I opened the fridge and many of us Have the same experience. The milk has gone, but the bottle's still there. Anyway, um, I decided to nip to the shop. Personally, not an issue for me. Um, I'm not sure we live in a place where holy and unholy is easily defined. However, as I went into the shop, I spotted someone from church. Then they spotted me. They completely freaked out. They came over to me and started apologising for shopping on a Sunday, saying that they didn't normally do it, but the week had been really busy, um, and they knew it was wrong, and they're really, really sorry. (coughs) After this short and strange conversation, this person ran out of the shop. Um, They paid, clearly, um, but they didn't continue to shop. They just had those items and ran off. You see, the reason this person freaked out was because they believed that shopping on a Sunday was wrong. But they did it anyway. They held their theology and life separate. And from their faith point of view, they'd sinned. Not because it was right or wrong, but because their choice was against their theology. It wasn't their faith. Now, before you start panicking, I'm not saying do whatever you want. I'm not saying you do you and I'll do me and we'll all just get along. What I am saying is that we are a church of diversity in age, background, wealth, culture, Why would you expect everyone to agree with you? What I'm saying is, make a decision based on faith and stand by it. Don't be tossed around by the wind. I believe in our church, and many others, we should have a closed hand and an open hand. When we talk about our lived theology... We need to have a closed hand. The closed hand is part of our beliefs and faith, which will never move. The open hand are the ones which is part of the conversation, where we can disagree and agree to disagree. A good example for a closed hand uh, would be the Apostles' Creed. I'm just going to read it. It says this. He ascended into heaven and he sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty, from where he shall come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body and life everlasting. Now, I don't believe as a church family We can have any issues agreeing on this. This is the grounding of our faith. But we have an open hand as well. Areas which are open to conversations, open to our own lived theology. Questions like, should I shop on a Sunday? Should I drink wine? Should I be a vegetarian? Should I attend church every Sunday? What should I wear? What music should I listen to? Who should I be friends with? Do I really have to wear a blazer when I become a Baptist minister? Sorry, that's a, a personal one. Still haven't figured it out. These decisions come from our own lived theology, our own working out, our own reading and our own encounters with the spirit. Through this part of Romans, Paul is encouraging us to make a decision and to stand by it. This is our lived theology. This is our lived strength. So that's our strength. Now let's have a look at scene strength. I'm sure, um... now a few weeks ago, we lost a great godly man. We've sadly lost Reverend Peter Manson. Our prayers and love go out to the family and friends as they find peace. We also celebrate, because now he's with the Father. The Father that loves him beyond measure, in a place where there's no more tears or pain. I've got to be honest, I, I was a little bit worried about sharing this story, um, but I can't seem to, to shift it. I can't seem to get rid of it. And I believe that God's talking to us through it. A while ago, while I was considering uh, becoming a, a trainee minister, I went to Peter uh, to seek his wisdom, to lean on those people that are wiser than me. Now, as I spoke to him, as a good Christian teacher, he didn't give me a straight answer, just like Jesus. He told me a story, just like Jesus. The story that Peter told me was about a, uh, a Sunday preach. A time that he was stood in front of the congregation preaching he said it was a normal service where the adults were all sat downstairs listening to him while the youth were up on the balcony um, sat he said half listening half possibly doing their homework and not paying attention now when he said this about the homework the hairs on the back of my neck went up i was like homework in church on a Sunday not listening to the preacher how dare they that is really rude and Peter said halfway through the service um, the doors at the back opened and a man walked in the man had to walk from the back of the church to the front because only chairs were available at the front the man was unclean unshaved uh, and clearly homeless Peter, being the experienced preacher that he was, continued unaffected by the entrance. But the youth weren't. The youth on the balcony started to make this kind of hush whisper noise from up there. These hush whispers became louder and louder. And then he said this group of young people came from down the balcony to the front of the church, a bit like a stampede. And they all came and sat with this homeless man. It turned out that this youth group, the same group that had been roomed upstairs doing their homework during the Sunday preach, had invited the homeless man to church the day before. This homeless man came into church. They saw him and they ran down to him. You know, I can't shake this story. I was sat with this great man of faith who had done loads of amazing things. And he tells me a story, a narrative that had nothing to do with him. You see, our faith is never really about us. It's not about the strength or the weakness we have. It's just about him. When I say the seen strength, how can I mean anything other than seeing God at work? You know, Peter could have forgotten about this story. Peter could have been preaching on that Sunday, really frustrated at the young people, really frustrated that they were doing homework when he was sharing God's word. But that's not what happened. These young people stampeded down into the church and sat next to a homeless man, a lost man, a man called Percy, who joined that church, who became a part of that family. You see, being a minister, a deacon, a Christian, is not about us. The The true joy and peace we have is seeing God's strength in front of us. You know, you can enter into a space, you can enter into a room and look for weakness in others. If you compare your strengths with others' weaknesses, you'll find it. It will eat at you, it will cause you to fall. or or fall out it will cause you to sin if you enter into a space and look for strength if you are fully aware of your own weaknesses if you look for God's strength you'll find it you will find righteousness peace and joy You enter into a space with love, with service, with your eyes open, you will find God moving amongst us. Seeing strength is a choice to open your eyes. Open your eyes to God's strength. Let's pray. Thank you, God, that we are a diverse family, a family that has a lived theology, that is seeking more and more of you. Lord, I pray that our eyes be open, that we see strength moving amongst us, that we see you moving amongst us.
0: want to thank you for your love towards us today lord god thank you that it's unfailing no matter what we do your love is in place help us to just give you glory and worship at this time acknowledging how much we love you and how much we need your love thank
2: you Wonderful, so wonderful is your
0: thank you for this morning Lord and we pray that you will be with us now as we prepare to depart. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Christ Jesus so that with heart and mouth you may glorify God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ.